Support for Silicon Slopes comes from Harmon's Neighborhood Grocer, where food lovers can take cooking classes to learn knife handling, wine pairing, sushi rolling, and fresh pasta preparation. Locations can be found at harmonsgrocery.com. Harmon's, your food, our passion. Welcome to the This is the Place podcast, a Silicon Slopes production. I'm Meg Walter in studio with Chris Roth. Meg, it's a pleasure to join you today. Chris, we need to talk about your wardrobe. (laughs) I want you to tell the people what you're wearing. I will not tell them. I'll tell them. You're wearing a loose-fitting tank top. (laughs) Why loose-fitting? You're like an inch from a nip slip on that thing. (laughs) Okay. And I just, I'm wondering... When you woke up this morning, <laughs> what led you to that shirt? Well, it's not a shirt. It's a tank top. I'm sorry. Tank top. So please classify it accordingly. I really just woke up and I saw, well, I have a lot of tank tops. That's what you might not know about me. Oh, you know. And I get really excited to wear them because I, I just like tank tops in general. Why? Well, because they're so breathable. When you're mm. one inch away from a nip slip, it just means there's like air going everywhere and you just feel like you're walking around without clothes. It's great. It should be mentioned that we work in the coldest office. We do work in a cold in the office. United States and of we America. also work in an office, so maybe that's not super appropriate for tank tops, but I don't care. I'm here to break down barriers. Tank tops are okay. All right. Well, good you can for wear you. tank tops and feel good about yourself, Meg, even if you have a farmer's tan like I currently do. I don't care. Should we expect tank tops from you through the summer? Yes. And also, I'd like to issue a challenge to you that you should start wearing tank tops so I don't feel as ostracized. Nope, I am not. Going Everybody's to been do freaking that. out about Again, it all day. We work in the coldest office in the United States of America. I have to bring sweatshirts to work with me. It's June, and I brought a sweatshirt. Today. What if you just wore a tank top with a sweatshirt over the top of it? What would be the point? Because then when you got too hot, you could quickly pull it off and you would cool down so fast. That's the thing. I never get too hot in this oh, office no. because it's like Siberian temperatures. <laughs> but when are you going to find the appropriate time to show off your arms to your coworkers? Not at work. <laughs> That's a pretty big problem in offices. There's just never the correct time there's to show never, your arms off. There's never the right time to show your arm definition. I sit, I sit at home on the weekends and I'm like, when is the right time for my coworkers to see my arms? Speaking of weekends. Speaking of arms. Speaking of NBA playoffs. No, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I refuse to talk about it on the podcast. I refuse to talk about it anywhere. Because you're so sad. No. it's It was inevitable. It was one of those things. You knew it was coming. Yeah. Ever, post game one, you just knew it was coming. I've fully moved forward. Mm. And now I'm just like chomping at the bit for football season, which is still almost three months away. I'm sorry. And so there's a dark section of time that I'm going to have to pass through before I get to the sport that I want. But in the meantime, I guess I have tank tops to keep me company. I don't know. So what do you do for those three months? Uh, It gets so grim. I don't know. I don't even know. Baseball. I do bet on baseball, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I was trying to avoid saying that. (laughs) It makes me sound like more of a degenerate than I am. It's not why, why, would, why would betting on baseball be worse than betting on football? Because I hate baseball. It brings me no joy to bet on it. Oh, I see. There's nothing about it that I want to do. I'm just like, uh, maybe I'll be interested in this baseball game. And then as soon as I bet on it and I watch like three pitches, I'm like, oh, yeah, not really interested. Do you enjoy going to baseball games? 
Yeah, baseball games are really fun in person. Yeah. You grab a dog, you grab a drink, you hang out, you chat with your friends, you're out in the sun, you're getting some vitamin B. It's great. D. Vitamin D. What did I say? B? B. <laughs> you're getting vitamin B, too. I think that's a ballpark exclusive thing. There's a, a lot of vitamin, there's a lot of vitamin B at ballparks. That's what people don't know. <laughs> oh, speaking of B, did you hear that IHOP is now IHOB for International uh, House of Burgers? They're going to start focusing on what? hamburgers. Isn't that IHOP? disgusting? IHOP is making burgers? Yes. Why? What? What? What led them to this decision? I don't know, but it's ill-advised. There are no places that focus on pancakes, and there are every place that focuses on burgers. What's right? the story there? It's like, man, of all the places to get a burger, I don't think IHOP is top of my list. <laughs> IHOB? <laughs> it sounds gross. Isn't that disgusting? Hob. Hob is a word just sounds like something profane. Hob. Hob, yeah. It feels dirty. Just because you put an I in front of it, it turns it a little bit techie, but they're neither tech nor dirty. They're just a hamburger joint now, apparently. Anyway, so that's disturbing. That's not good. I don't like that. Uh, let's talk about tech news. Let's talk about Podium has raised money again. Oh, how much? $60 million. What? So a year ago, they raised $32 million, I believe. Um, I sat down with Eric Ray. He's their CEO and co-founder. You went to high school with him, I believe. I did go to high school with Eric Ray. Classmates of Meg Walter. Classmate of Meg Walter, which is probably the greatest claim to fame ever. I mean, it's the highest honor anyone can hold. Everyone who I've ever known that went to school with you immediately introduces themselves as such. <laughs> They're like, uh, I have this really good company going, but Meg and I were classmates. <laughs> <laughs> she like ran. She was like a runner. I was a runner. What were you in high school? You're like a runner and you I edited a, runner. a newspaper. I was on the school newspaper. <laughs> You're everything I thought you were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> AP kid. <laughs> so when, when people are like, oh, we went to high school together, I'm like, you don't remember me. <laughs> You're like, no, no, that wasn't you. me. I went out of state. There's no way you remember That me. wasn't me. I'm fun. I'm fun now. I'm <laughs> different. $32 million a year ago. It was a Series A round for Podium. Okay. Like three years ago, they had five people. Okay. Uh-huh. They were working. They started this company. They're like, oh, maybe we're onto something. It, they started an Air Cree's like spare bedroom. Mm-hmm. Then they got a couple more people. So let's say they have 10 people and they moved to Provo Center Street above this bike shop, yeah. which people who are in Provo, they know where this area is. It's just this old office above a bike shop, right? They know exactly where it is. So they start an internet company and they have no internet at the time, which is what I just found out in my current interview with Eric Ray, which was the building is too old. It wasn't wired for internet or anything. So in order for them to get internet, they went and paid college students who lived across the street from them to mooch off of their broadband. They put a wireless router in their window, put another one in theirs, and routed their internet across the street. Like, and so they'd always have, like, it would crash and stuff because how could it not? Yeah. And they'd have to call up these college kids to get their internet working. And that's how Podium was founded. That's, that's crazy, amazing. huh? That's amazing. So then two years later, they raised $32 million in Series A money. And then last week, they announced $60 million in a Series B round by all of the same investors who were part of the Series A round, which was Excel, Summit Partners, GV, which is formerly Google Ventures, and Y Combinator, and IVP. Cool. So it's like a who's who of Silicon Valley firms investing in an internet company that didn't even have the internet. That's Very where we're cool. at. They have a new office that's going up. It's supposed to be done in August. It's like on the other side of the freeway from where we're currently at in Thanksgiving Point. So they got a lot of stuff going on at Podium right now. They like expanded their product stuff. I mean, Eric Ray's doing stuff to the point where he might tout that first before being a high school classmate of you. How I'm sorry to inform you of that. He? No, he's making TimView proud. Next time I talk to him, I will I will check to make sure, but I think you might have been bumped down the 
the bragging list. <laughs> Too bad. Like I have a pretty cool comedy and Meg. She was she was like the newspaper. We were together in a class lady. of five hundred graduating <laughs> seniors. But that's the word coming out of Utah this week. Very Utah cool. Tech, Meg. We uh, we have some events coming up tomorrow. We have a Silicon Slopes live podcast recording with Josh Coates. Oh wow, pretty big deal. So I don't go to very many events, as you know. Yeah, because I'm a man of mystery. Oh, but sure. one of the events that I did go to was a Josh Coates speech. This was like right when I started at Beehive. Started somewhere around there. It was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he told everybody to write a failure journal. Oh boy! And I, I wrote a, and I wrote a failure journal on Beehive startups. You sure did. That's Josh Coates inspired. He's actually very entertaining in public. I would highly recommend everybody going and listening to him. He's I, a very truthful man, and he says like stuff that you don't get from your normal startup conversation. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, so check it out. And tomorrow. Instructure is a public company, so you can learn from a dude who's running a public company. Yeah, what what is, more do you want? They have a they have a, a panda. Deal. Their mascot is a panda. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they have a panda that they bring out to stuff. Yeah, huh? which is one of our big things that all companies should have a mascot. Exactly. And um, we personally have put our names up to be a mascot for a company. And no one's called. And nobody's called. Freak. Um, so check that out tomorrow, 12 o'clock here at Where Silicon did you say Slopes. that was? Oh, okay, here. Sorry. Here. Just maybe let you finish. Silicon Slopes HQ. Where was that again? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then next Friday, we have our startup conversation with Susan Peterson, Cameron Smith, and Davis Smith. No relation as far as I know. What? Two Smiths not related. I know. What are the chances There's in Utah? more than meets the eye of this story. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for some tech gossip? Yes, I am. Okay. So there's this guy in New Jersey. Okay. And he's suing Pornhub. Okay. Which I assume is a hub for pornography on the internet. <laughs> you would assume correctly. Uh, because they have been running an ad with this guy's face. So to be clear... Here. This guy's not naked. You know, it's just a sidebar ad. Okay. And his face is in it. But he's mad because that ad is running on Pornhub. What I want to know is how he found out this ad is running on Pornhub. That is pretty funny. Does it say in the article how he figured that no, out? No, it doesn't. And apparently it's been running for years. This ad has been running on Pornhub for years, and he was just alerted to it. <laughs> so I'm wondering if it's an either, acquaintance. Either way, it's super funny. The first way, if he's on Pornhub looking at porn and suddenly his own face pops next to it, incredibly funny. Yeah. The other thing, which is also incredibly funny, is like his friend or acquaintance or whoever it is, is looking at porn on Pornhub, and they see their buddy's face pop up, also insanely funny. Right, right. We're all winners in this. I know. I just am dying to know the story, though. <laughs> it seems like advertisements on pornography sites would probably pass through enough channels of, like, consent that this wouldn't happen. Or am I wrong there? So apparently that's the issue. He never gave his consent to have his right. image. But I think it's one of those things where it's like a stock image, right? And so it was used for this advertiser who, again, it's not a porn-related advertisement. Right. It's like a make-money-fast, one of those spammy, like, doctors hate this woman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> but it's the fact that it's on, appearing on Pornhub that he takes issue with. But I think that's a network issue, like an ad network issue. Right? I just love the idea of people going to look at porn and seeing a sidebar about how to make money. Like, oh, yeah, just... Take no, a quick 20-minute exactly detour on this. what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> Let's get entrepreneurial. Quick 20-minute detour to learn about building a business. Right. So <laughs> the results of this 
lawsuit are yet to be determined. I'm just really curious as to how he found out this image was running on Pornhub. He's suing for emotional distress, damage to his reputation, and infringer's profits, hmm. which is a pretty good threesome right there. Yeah. I, I'd be really interested to know the results. What would you do if your face was being used on a porn site? I'd probably be mad, right? Mm. How but mad would you be? I think the issue would be with the company who used my image in the first place. Would you be more mad that your image was being used on a porn site or more mad that people were just using your image, but they hadn't given you any money for it? Well, that's, maybe that's what I understand. Did, was he not paid for this image? We don't know. It doesn't say. I'd be mad in both scenarios. You'd be mad at both things. Yeah. If you had to choose one or the other about what you were mad. I'd be more, more mad, mad that they were using my image and not paying me. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, me too. Absolutely. That should be your first priority. There's just a lot of unanswered questions with this story. I'm going to start going on every porn site right now to see if my current image is being used and if I can sue somebody for it. Thanks for that selfless research, Chris. <laughs> I mean, if there's something that gets you more hot and bothered than me in a tank top, I don't know what it is. Oh, boy. Let's talk about weird Utah news. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this story is actually kind of a bummer. <laughs> this story is crazy. I forgot all about this story. <laughs> Which is weird because I'm the person who curated this for the podcast. So in West Valley, Utah, a lady's, there's like some, you know, a bunch of bushes and random stuff behind her house that she just needs to get cleaned up, right? Yeah. So she hires a company to come do so. She's helping out cleaning stuff. But she's like, there's just this stench of like death. That's what she keeps saying. There's this stench of death that's been coming for days out of here. So they find a bag in this, in this area, right? Behind her house. Yeah. And there's, like, flies and stuff crawling over. Nobody oh, knows what's going on. No. So she, like, freaks out and calls animal control. So they come to, to get it and clean it up, find out what it is. Bag of dead cats. Oh, why? Oh, why? What's the story here? Why is Ew. there a bag of dead cats in a poor lady's backyard? It's not weird. It's disturbing. They were cutting overgrown weeds and they found a bag of cats. What's the worst thing that you would find in a bag? Um, dead cats. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's so intense. This story isn't even funny. This is just the most intense story. She was quoted as saying, there is the unmistakable stench of death. That's awful. A bag of cats. Why? Why? Where did they come from? Who, Who's the bagger? Who bagged up the cats? Why are there so many dead cats? There weren't any, like, microchips or anything in them that could, like, trace them. So somebody just had a bunch of dead cats and put them in a bag. That's terrible. Untraceable cats. Come on, guys. Be better than that. Don't bag up your cats. Don't, don't... bag up your cats. Well... Let's move on to the next story. I don't like this. <laughs> this is rough. I don't want to talk about dead cats anymore. No, it's so or the scent There was of nothing death. funny there. No. I don't know why I brought that story this up. This podcast that's is flipping. That is, that's the most insane thing we've ever talked about on this podcast. There wasn't one funny thing in that, that whole segment. <laughs> no, the most intense thing was when you asked if I could get more hot and bothered than seeing you in a tank oh. top. Well, no, that was you, like, to the listener. I mean, oh. you, I guess you can be included in that. Everybody's included. Okay. It's the world at large. Sure. Just like what gets people on earth more hot and bothered than me in a tank top. I really can't think of things that get Yeah, no, me neither. Let's, keep, let's that keep going here. Tell me about Brigham City. <laughs> Brigham City has counterfeit cash everywhere. Oh, boy. Which is a problem. How do you make counterfeit cash? Okay, so I was kind of intrigued by that because back in the day, you'd always see people make counterfeit cash and it looked like garbage, you know? Yeah. Now they make it and it looks very lifelike. It looks like real cash. Here's the problem. Okay, so they have pictures of counterfeit bills within this article on KSL. Okay. It looks exactly like a $100 bill, except there's large 
Chinese prints on the bill like on both sides. Visible on the bill? Like on a quarter of the of the bill. Yeah. There's Chinese lettering printed in pink. It's not like a watermark. Like you can see it you on can the see, bill. You can see it on the bill. Uh, cashiers haven't been alarmed to see like these Chinese characters on how, money. How weird is that? So apparently when they use the counterfeit bills, they have to situate it accordingly so you can't see the Chinese characters on it. Oh, I see. So like I'm handing you 10 hundreds. Yeah. And I'm, you know, putting the Chinese character on the bottom and then I'm just having you flip through the top of it, stuff like that. Okay. But now everybody's having to count the bills individually and look around them. It's a huge pain for cashiers everywhere. Yeah. So is that what the police are recommending? Like inspect your bills? Oh, yeah. Inspect your bills. That's the number one takeaway from this podcast. Oh, boy. You have to inspect your bills. But it's pretty cool. If you had counterfeit cash. Yeah. Don't you just buy things from vending machines for like the rest of your life? Well, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know people who really use cash anymore. Nobody. That should be your first warning sign. Yeah. Anyone Anybody who's using cash, who's using cash is suspicious. They're either committing a crime or they have counterfeit bills, and those are both Especially redundant. Especially like $100 so. bills. $100 bills. Imagine having cash right now. Actually, oh, I do. I do for golf betting, but that's oh. that's something that's probably illegal. I mean, you know? I was going to say, that's a pretty shady <laughs> That fills activity. one of the two things. So why just Brigham City? That's the part that they can't get to the bottom of. That's a really weird place to have this influx in counterfeit money. Totally. Especially with Chinese lettering on it, which insinuates there's some sort of connection to China, right? <laughs> I would think. The people at Kent's grocery store there, it's like this local shop. They're really bummed out about it because they keep getting counterfeit bills and apparently nobody's looking at them. That sucks. That's where we're at right now. And it's there's, just Brigham City. There's dead bags of cats and counterfeit money all over our state. Oh my gosh, guys. Things are bad. Things are bad. Things aren't funny. There's nothing funny anymore. Oh, Chris is wearing a tank top. That's kind of <laughs> I am funny. wearing a tank top. It's not even funny anymore. It's like 20 degrees in this office and you're in a tank top. <laughs> but once I go out in the sun, it'll immediately, it'll bathe my arms with warmth and I'll warm up in two seconds. Bam. Okay. Well, I'm, be happy, one of the... I'm happy for you in that case. <laughs> Meg, don't counterfeit money. I won't. Don't kill cats and bag them. I won't. If you do, for some strange reason, have to kill cats and bag them, don't put the bag in your neighbor's yard. Put it in the dumpster and throw it away or put it somewhere else so that it's like sanitary. I don't know where that is. I'm looking at these counterfeit bills and they look pretty fake. No, they don't. They look real if you don't look at the Chinese lettering. But there's like weird stuff on the corners too. Yeah, they're just folded. I don't know. Look it up. The story's on KSL. See what you think. Here's the question that I want to know. Why does counterfeit money always have to have something weird printed on it? I don't know. You can't somehow replicate a dollar bill down to the hundredth degree without putting something strange on the bill. That never has made sense to me. Why is that? I don't know. How can we not get by like watermarks and stuff like that? Everybody should be able to print that at this point in time. You can make anything. Just get a 3D printer and make anything. Why are we it. all not just printing our own money? Why are we not printing our own money? That my should question. be the new economy. You print your own money and then you get as much money as you have the patience to print. Meg, I think this is an app idea waiting to be this created by you and I. This is a startup. This is a startup idea. We're going to take over the Fed. <laughs> this is our new company this is it guys we'd like to take this podcast to announce our resignation from silicon slopes <laughs> starting tomorrow we do that every week. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we end each podcast i think oh boy in fact we should end the podcast that's all i have for you today counterfeits yeah. and dead cats and tank sorry, tops this was such a bummer <laughs> we promise next we week promise we'll be funnier. Wear clothes i think that set the somber tone of the podcast what, your tank top set the tone? Yeah, the tank top set the tone of just this, like, somber mood. Yeah. Where then we just started talking about dead things and I'm real fake bummed money. out. Yeah. What bums me out is that there's a very severe tan line that looks like it hurt. <laughs> 
like halfway down your arm is a very red line. <laughs> Are you in pain? I I am constantly in pain, regardless of my tan line. It's okay. just how I live life. Just the this existential much. pain. It's like this crisis of life. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Go home and ponder that for a week. Catch you next week. <laughs> That's a crazier close than normal. Bye. Support for Silicon Slopes comes from Harmon's Neighborhood Grocer, where food lovers can take cooking classes to learn knife handling, wine pairing, sushi rolling, and fresh pasta preparation. Locations can be found at harmonsgrocery.com. Harmon's, your food, our passion.